Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 43 as co host is a man you know on Twitter as Jeff DT. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, Pete. The Eagles took care of the under 10 Collingwood team on Sunday. How do you feel? Is that, is that how you sleep at night, mate? Just tell yourself it's an under 10 side, and, and then we get on with it. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they were, uh, they were pretty powerful. Yeah, against an under-10 team. But anyway, we move on. Okay, let's go. The condensed fixture is upon us. We'll have a rolling lockout until the very last game each round. We've got three trades per week. This AFL fantasy period is quite unique, Jep. Yeah, we're going to have some challenges and more planning than ever, I think. Averages will be applied for buy teams. However, those decisions need to be made prior to the first game each round. So if you're planning to select a player who has a buy and accept that average that needs to happen prior to game one. Also, captain loopholes will open up plenty of unique options. Excellent preparation and sharp strategy will result in major improvement in rank jet. Your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. So the um, the captain loop's a big one, obviously. Um, we, we plan ahead there for sure. And then, yeah, keeping keeping the eye on the prize, I suppose, and planning <clears throat> with your trade and, and your, who you target, who your primo target might be that week or, or two primos and um, and pushing the trigger when you have to. I guess the idea still is, Jep, is to start to complete a team and upgrading to premiums as we go, yeah? Oh, for sure. No, no, no doubt we, that, that doesn't change. It's, um, the, I suppose, the challenge is finding the, the cash to um, generate with... You know, a lot of teams not going to be named um, and rookies with that are not going to be named for a while. So um, this, we've got to keep on top of the news. Um, and obviously, you're great at that, mate. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a different approach. I actually think there will be a lot of rookies named over the next period. Uh, but what we're going to have is a lot of job security issues. And that's absolutely critical in selecting these rooks. Jeff. Yeah, so you, the last thing you want to do is pick a rook um, just for the sake that he's playing that one week and then he gets dropped the next week. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge, huge risk, especially with the challenges we've had really all year with trying to generate cash. Teams will dig deep into their playing list. Roles will be manipulated in-game to assist in player management. Again, bench cover is crucial here, Jep. Absolutely. And the laid outs, I think, too, just to add, so... If someone's got a niggle or, or the rest, of it, I think we're going to see more laid outs than we ever have this this season so far. So must have the bench cover. Absolutely non-negotiable. And as we've seen on the weekend, a very laid out with Scott Pendlebury. And that could actually could happen quite often over the next period. With teams not training and they pretty much have a captain's run and then play again, you know, some players are going to get to the final warm-up pre-game and a potential could be a laid out jet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just with that, though, I'm looking forward to some of these fitter, you know, gut runners like Gaff, um, Whitfield, McRae, really putting their stamp on, on the competition now because um, that's their strength and now they can play to their strength. You don't mind that. Okay, make sure you're following at AFO Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game, especially during this period. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here absolutely crushing it. The weather forecast looks okay for round nine, Jep. 
Onto the hats, we gave a few hats away last week and we will give some more away at the end of the season. So just retweet any link that is set out via Twitter for any of our podcasts to be in the chance of scoring some at the end of the season. This week on episode 43, Jeff and I will discuss key players ahead of round 9 and before we get to the next podcast, round 10 will have already started. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, July 28th. Make necessary adjustments, obviously, as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFR Fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. And on to the first game here in Round 9, Jepp. Western Bulldogs versus Richmond. Tim English. Wet conditions didn't suit him last week, especially when most of his scoring is coming from disposal, Jep. Yeah, definitely not. But um, he should have a good run against Richmond. I think he will um, bounce back. Yeah, I just think it was a low score. I don't think there's any issues there long-term. So hopefully his breakout year does continue. On to Bailey Smith. The midfield usage remains high. A cheap upgrade for those running without him. It's 571k, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely must be um, uh, a target for those that don't have him with that value. Jack McRae. He delivered in a big way last week, scoring 102 points. He's an early VC option for round nine, plus the... 785k price tag is still cheap enough. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I not having um, Lockie Hunter there didn't affect his scoring last week, which is positive. So very much a tick box and um, a target for those that don't have him. Dustin Martin, he's down at 616k with a break even of 61. The 90 points last round has coaches interested again, Jep. Yeah, it's a bit of a topsy-turvy sort of season with Dusty, so um, I, it's a buy beware. I think there's a lot of um, forwards that appeal heavier than he does. I agree with that. On to Jaden Short. Basher Hawley is heading to Queensland this week. Due to a quarantine restriction, he won't be available for three or four more games. Short has averaged 86.3 points without Hawley Jet. Yeah, um, obviously the designated quarterback now, and um, and his his price goes up or his scores go up accordingly. So, um, yeah, that's going to short live because we know Basher is the preferred sweep or a quarterback for Richmond. Derek Melissa Smith, the freedom wasn't available for him in round eight. What looked like a decent value selection to also generate cash is now actually a fade jip. Yeah, big fade, and um, it was it was a a disappointing um, effort. But you know, the warning against North Melbourne the week before, where he did play well, it was noted from us that um, that could have been a, a once-off. So he's hoping for his owners he can um, get back to his best. Marley and Pickett, the round seven matchup against North Melbourne was favourable, not so much against the Giants last week, and his scores suffered as a result. He's a trade-out or bench option for me, Jep. Yeah, agree that absolutely 100%. I think um, it's risky having him on field. Yeah, enough's enough for, for a picket for me for this year. Okay, on to Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Clayton Oliver, he's been in elite fantasy form, Jep. In fact, this season has been quite solid. He's now a genuine, unique target at 819k with a break-even of just 54, Jep. So, yeah, he's a POD, and he quietly goes about it because I reckon he'd be top eight mid every year for the last three. So um, you can't go much wrong there, especially with Max trying to put it down his throat at the center bounces. On to Max Gorn, an average of 112.8 points since round three. Owners would be happy, but for non-owners, 954 
$1,000 is certainly top dollar. And when we are playing a salary cap format, that's not optimal target to spend top dollar, Jeff. No, yeah. Basically, if you don't have gone, you've got to look elsewhere. It's as simple as that. Um, you might need four trades to get up to, really. So, um, yeah, no, owners rejoice, really. On to Christian Petrarca, another solid score of 92 points in round eight. He's 100% owned in that top 25, Jep. Yeah, very, very good. Um, probably the most improved of the AFL this season. Dan Houston, the Port Adelaide midfield struggled last round. The 58 points from Houston was a reflection of the entire team. The midfield usage remains strong here, though, Jep. Yeah, I agree with that. The role's still there, so there's no real concern. Travis Boak, he was in the same boat as Houston. He just couldn't get his hands on the ball against the Saints. His salary will likely be under 700k after round nine. Jeb, any thoughts? Very tempting. Uh, probably revisit it next week, Pete. On to Carlton versus Hawthorne. Patrick Cripps at 662k with a break-even of 103. He's getting way too cheap. I'd imagine some support from the umpires after his close checking treatment recently. Those scores could bounce here, Jeb. They could, but I still think Cripps is a risky pick given the attention he brings. Um, so it's a no for me. He's just getting way too cheap for me. So there's an option for a cheap upgrade for midfield uh, either this week, next week, or he's on the buy next week, but you wouldn't want that average. So uh, maybe after the buy, Jeb. Yeah, uh, look, I think the difference with Cripps this season is the, t- the players around him are growing. So the reliance of, of Cripps to do everything isn't as bad as last year and the year before. So just be wary with that. On to Mark Pitnett. Most people jumped off last week. The ownership fell in the top 25 dramatically. For those holding, it remains cash out or upgrade time, Jeff. Definitely, definitely cash him out. He was pretty solid last week, um, much to everyone's surprise. So, um, but he's still, we're still cashing him out. Matthew Kennedy, at 436k in a break even of just 10 points, the cash generation should be solid here. Plus, you'll get the added free average score in round 10, especially if you can have a big score this week, Jep. Yeah, so that that is definitely appealing. Um, and... We've said it time and time again over the weeks and, and already in this podcast, cash generation. So not too many rooks putting their hand up from what we know at this point of the week, but um, Kennedy's got a pretty decent break in. And that midfield usage is strong enough. Okay, on to James Sicily. The ownership is starting to spike here, Jeb. The risk remains high for me, but the scores also are there right now. At 675k with nine games remaining in the season, is it too much of a risk here to take Sicily now, Jeb? Yeah, I think so. I don't think um, we can hold our hands on our hearts and say Sicily is going to be a consistent 75 or 80 point score each week. So, um, it, yeah, it's just, and there's no point bringing him in. For, if you trade him in this week, you trade him in for the rest of the season. So it's a no. Yeah, and just be aware, the Hawks, if they keep falling behind and out of the final eight contention, that Clarko could do anything towards the end of the year. So just absolutely, completely be aware of what Clarko could do. Okay, on to Tom Mitchell. He has a buy next week and a below average 80-point average at this moment will be applied. Do you think a switchly gaff may be on the cards next round, Jep, for a 100k upgrade? Sounds pretty logical, mate. I, uh, I don't mind it at all, and I would have got rid of Titch a while ago if I didn't have so many problems elsewhere. Okay, on to Chad Wingard. 
Another one that could be upgraded for round 10 instead of Thanks. accepting that low 70s average jet. Yeah, look, he's been disappointing over the last four weeks. So not not how he started the season, um, especially after um, the COVID break. So, yeah, definitely look to move him on because there is just premium forwards falling out the tree. On to Essendon versus Brisbane. Andrew McGrath, a season high 118 points last week against Adelaide. The matchup friendly game definitely helped, but Brisbane await in round nine, Jeff. Yeah, he would have the um, going much tougher, that's for sure, um, against Brisbane, who are vying for a top four spot and have got a lot to play for. So both sides actually have a lot to play for. So with McGrath, yeah, he um, how he responds to the more physical presence of the Brisbane midfield is we'll wait and see. Zach Merritt, he has taken the Jake Stringer midfield usage in the last three games. Like McGrath, that matchup friendly result last week was a nice return, but the Lions are just ahead again. Yep. Yeah, similarly, but I think Merritt's outlook um, is more positive, and um, we know what he can do. And if he's going to play, you know, ninety percent midfield time, then we we we're pretty confident the scores are going to get in return. Okay, on to Jordan Ridley. At 622k, he's another defensive option like many others. Is he one to trust for the remainder of the season, Jep? Yeah, I don't mind it. Again, I, I think he's a, almost a designated kicker as well. But um, it just depends who you're playing. You know, a lot of D6s are either Will Day or a, or a rookie. So um, I think it's a big jump and, and you... Um, you maximising your overall score by upgrading to a Ridley and putting, you know, a day on the bench, for example. Lockie Neal, he's now down at 911k with a break-even of 117 points, Jep. He is going to be a target for non-owners very soon. Yeah, and he just continues to rack him up. Even against Melbourne, I was obviously barracking against him for obvious reasons as a non-owner, but um, he just keeps fine on the footy, mate. So, um, favourite for the Brownlow for a good reason. Okay, on to Jared Lyons. A very solid season thus far. He's getting up there in price at 809k. I guess what coaches would be looking for is the continuous ceiling games here, Jep. Yep, and I think the uniqueness of Jared Lyons and having the Neil and Zorka around him taking the tension away is perfect mm. um, for that primo midfield um, return. So very, very ballsy call, but I think it's a calculated risk that um, could pay off. Definitely unique. On to Dane Zorko. He's down at 631k. He hasn't looked troubled by the Achilles calf injury for several weeks now. As a mid-only option, Jep, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, we're going to have another shift in positions um, shortly. So, look, it's, um, it is a very valuable get. Um, he is, you know, low 600s is a great return for what he should produce. So I don't mind it at all. On to North Melbourne versus Adelaide. Jai Simpkin. His ankle was no issue last week. But what was an issue was Carlton throwing an Ed Kuno tag on him for just 44 points. Hopefully that type of attention actually returns to Higgins pretty quickly, Chip. Yeah, and he against Adelaide, he should have a freer run at it. Um, although, you know, Ben Keyes might go to him, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to Higgins or someone else. So, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see with, with Simpkin. But um, I think the injury is not the issue. It's more, <laughs> you know, the attention he's getting from the opposition, which is quite ironic. 
onto Curtis Taylor. Even though he has a good matchup this week against Adelaide, scoring as just too volatile to start on field, it's upgrade or cash out time now, Jep. Oh, I disagree with you there. I think his break-even of mid-40s is, isn't decent. And, you know, we can't expect these first and second-year players to consistently punch out um, decent performances. Um, so, look, I'll back him in against Adelaide. Okay, on to Todd Goldstein. An average of 71.5 points in the last two weeks is a little concerning for owners here, Jep. He'll face Rolly O'Brien this week. Yeah, I think, um, no offence to Goldie, he's probably showing his age a bit at this point of the season. So um, probably a risk to have with the condensed fixture and how he actually performs. And, you know, there's probably going to be some rock support for Goldie in, in games to come. So um, I'm all for getting rid of Goldie at this point. Brody Smith. He was back in CBA's last round with Brad Crouch injured. That may be his role in the short term at least, Jep. Yeah, I'd like that. That's a very good call and a um, very likely call too. Yeah, I don't think the scores actually are there for Smith in the midfield. I think he's scoring. I think his fantasy scoring is down back, so we'll see how he goes in that midfield. One of the things he's always struggled with is the, is his tackling. He's not a big tackler. So, yeah, that's um, to play in the midfield and get those contests, you've got to lay the tackles, and he, he's not a big tackler. So, yeah, that. That sort of agrees with your comment there. Tom Dodie. He's questionable for round nine. The Crows say he'll be close, but with a condensed fixture ahead, teams including Adelaide will be conservative managing players, Jet. Yeah, that's a big problem for owners. That's a huge problem. He was a pretty popular pickup last week or one of. So, um, yeah, um, having that emergency in the back line is probably priority one for Dodie owners. Will Hamill. He found plenty of the ball in an open game last round. The matchup against North Melbourne could be decent across half back, Jep. Yeah, agree there. He um he was really good. And, um, you know, these youngsters with confidence, they'll just grow and grow. And like you said, North Melbourne's a favourable fixture this week. So, yeah, it should be a 60-plus return. On to Andrew McPherson. He benefited with the Dodie injury last week, putting together a nice return of 69 points. If Dodie misses again, he may not be that bad a D6 option this week, Jep. Yeah, agreed there. He was really good when Dodie went off. So, um, And I think it's more his forte. So he doesn't lack any courage, that's for sure. So um, I suppose we just wait and see and um, hope for the best. St Kilda versus Sydney. Jack Steele. Saints coach Brett Ratton said yesterday they have just let him play this season and his scores have certainly reflected that. He's in that mix of premium mids at 790k, Jep. Yeah, definitely um, definitely another unique pick, but he's going gangbusters. So I, I'm, it's, it's now or never for Steele to make your move in terms of overall rank. So if you want to go special and unique, you go Steele. Callum Mills. He was moved into the midfield last week with no Hewitt. Rampy is questionable this week with a broken hand. Expect some type of volatility in roles, especially in the short term here for the Swans, Jep. Yeah, he's Mr. Fix-It, and he has been this year and last year. So, um, yeah, we like, a bit like Sicily. We just don't know where his position's going to be um, from week to week. So, bye, beware. On to Matthew Ling. I'm somewhat optimistic here. The role was decent last week, and the scores may eventuate. 
but the volatility in roles at the Swans may be worth one more look here at 182k. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't jump on this week, guys. I'd um, I see him as a big risk in, especially with this condensed fixture. We need as many players playing going forward, so it's a no from me this week. Luke Parker. At 748k, his outstanding value here with a 69 break even. The midfield usage is quite heavy, and the recent scoring is definitely noteworthy, Jep. Yeah, the midfield's pretty much on his shoulders, so I like the pickup for sure. Jake Lloyd, the 773 price tag with a break even of 65 is very appealing. He's starting to become highly owned in that top 25 here, Jep. Yeah, he's nailing it, isn't he? Like he does every every year. So um, non-owners just need to grab him ASAP. West Coast versus Geelong. Andrew Gaff. He's definitely a huge target here at 780k, especially with a free average in round 10, Jep. Yeah, but he might cop the Cam Guthrie tag. So um, as good as Gaff will be now for the next month, and now he's you know at up to stadium, I just um, he's going to attract some attention. He's hoping Guthrie goes to Tim Kelly or someone else or Shuey, but um, yeah, Gaff's not exactly um, immune to the to the heavy tag. Yeah, if you don't trade him in this week, next week's an option, but you'll obviously have to pay a little bit more cash after this round. Okay, on to Tim Kelly. He's slightly behind Gaff in price at 743k. It's only a $37,000 upgrade to get the Gaff chip. Yeah, look, obviously in that instance, you go Gaff ahead of Kelly. On to Elliot Yo, He's free to play after his one-week suspension was overturned today. So the midfield at the Eagles is purring again this week, Jep. I mean, honestly, what a waste of everyone's time. It's just astounding. But yes, Elliot's playing, and he's got a big role to play against Dangerfield this week. Yeah, pretty much an easy throw out from the Tribunal, that one. Okay, on to Patrick Dangerfield. A poor return of 58 points in the wet on Monday night. But a 45-point second half saved what could have been an absolute disaster. Yeah, it wasn't looking great, was it? It's um, and apologies as a fellow sandgroper for producing such horrid weather, but um, we should be fine this week. And again, I think the Optus Stadium deck suits Patrick Dangerfield's game, so he should bounce back. Okay, on to Brandon Parfit. The midfield usage remains high. He started forward on Monday night. A 65.7 point average from his last three games is just not cutting it here, Jip. No, and he's probably, again, one of those forwards that there's better pickings ahead of him. Brad Close at 206k with a minus 12 break even. The interest will be high here for Close, Jip. He'll face a tougher opponent in round nine, but round 10 is a decent matchup against North Melbourne. Your thoughts? For sure, we don't have too many options in the rookie stakes, so Ben Close, or Brad Close, sorry, needs to be in everyone's team by the end of this week. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm, I think you can go for another look on Close, but anyway, it depends where your upgrades are and if you need to downgrade there. Okay, on to Gold Coast versus GWS. Hugh Greenwood. His midfield usage is high. His ceiling numbers are very consistent now. For non-owners, the price tag is 756k and increasing every week, Jep. Yep, he, um, he's going to continue his last month of f- fabulous champagne football from a fantasy point of view. So non-owners, um, again, it's it's a really wise pick-up for your forward line. Jared Witts, volatility will remain an issue for me. However, he has a decent match-up fixture in the upcoming weeks. 
The long-term viability is a concern, but with three trades per round, owners can push eject at any time here, Jeb. Yeah, exactly, and I don't mind it as, as a substitute to um, to a Gorn. Um, so, yeah, definitely he's, he almost wins every hit out, and um, he's very active with his tackles and game, and he's been like that for a long, long time and, and probably doesn't get the accolades he deserves. On to David Swallow. The midfield usage is high. A flip from Wingard to him is okay, but he's another forward in the mix here, Jep. Yeah, but just come from nowhere and showing value. So um, obviously got the role and, and ticks a lot of boxes. Lockie Whitfield at 756k, he certainly should be a target for non-owners with his ceiling, Jep. Oh, yeah, hands down, un- unquestionable, that one. Stephen Cornelio. He's averaged 89.3 points from his last four games. He screams value at 707k with a 52 break-even chip. Yeah, and he's hoping it took Miller. Um, tag doesn't come, but um, loving what Keneally is doing, and that's Keneally we know. Nick Haynes. Zach Williams is available to return this week. The defensive back half for the Giants will alter. One thing to look at here for owners, Jip. Yeah, for sure. Um but I think the attention he's getting from the opposition to limit his intercept marking is affecting his fantasy scores. Yeah, that's starting to be a big factor from what I'm seeing in games. So very good call there, Jep. On to Fremantle versus Collingwood. Andrew Brayshaw, he's av- he averaged 55.8 points from his opening four games and 92 points from his last four games. What an absolute turnaround, Jep. Yeah, um, Sort of fell on his lap, really, with the role, with no Fife, and now Tucker's out as well, and they've had their injury problems, Frio. So Brayshaw will um, be playing inside mid this week and um, hitting the scores again. Caleb Sarong. Tucker went down with a hamstring injury in the opening minutes on Monday Night Football. Then we all got a glimpse at the high-scoring rate for Sarong as he delivered 98 points, Jep. Crazy what happens when you give a kid an opportunity. Um, so it's just whether long we are going against Collingwood this week and he gets that same role. So you'd say yes from the back of what he performed last week in trying conditions and his physical pressure for such a young kid is as outstanding. So um, for owners, I, I really hope he does get that role going forward. Yeah, his long-term fantasy forecast is actually quite good there as well. Okay, on to Michael Walters. A hamstring injury late in the last quarter on Monday Night Football is something to keep an eye on. With a partial lockout and also trade strategy, if needed, that can be worked out later in round nine. Jeb, keep in mind, if he doesn't play this round, there will be no average applied in round 10. Your thoughts? Yeah, that is, uh, that's a crazy one, isn't it? Because... Um... He's a primo. He's he's been one of the best forwards this season. So that and he's the last game of the round. So uh, we got to, You got to plan that contingent and um, and expect the worst, really. So you either cover it with an emergency and just wear it for a week. But then again, the buy round, you don't get his score. Yeah. So it's, it's two a weeks. two week hit. Yeah. It, the timing is just really impeccable. Yeah. Um, so if you know if there's a hint of him missing, oh. You, you, you know, for overall rank, you've got to get rid of him. Yep, absolutely. Okay, on to Toby Watson. Wet conditions definitely didn't, didn't suit his intercept game on debut on Monday night. His job security at this stage appears to be quite sketchy, 
another look at team selection is recommended here from Egypt. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Um, although there's a few that I don't mind at this point throwing him away at D8 because where Free is going to miss the finals and they're going to play the kids at the back end of the year and that include Tobe Watson. So barring injury, of course. So I don't mind the throwaway D8 with Tobe. Brody Grundy. Interestingly, Magpies coach Nathan Buckley did rest Grundy Ford on Sunday. This might be quite common with their very tight fixture here, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I um, But really, it was the, the way the game panned out. They were getting smashed all over the ground, and it was obviously a protection move for Grundy more than anything. So I think you'll bounce back well against Fremantle with... Um, you know, Sean Darcy, not the lightest on his feet, and I think he's got an injury concern as well. Yeah, that's the issue, though. If a game is done or dusted either way for the Magpies or against the Magpies, you're going to have to expect that Grundy is going to be copying a fair bit of rest in that late, late in those last quarters, Jeb. Yeah, that's a very good point, man. Very, very good point. Scott Pendlebury, he's going to miss multiple games with a quarter injury. On to Jack Crisp, a slow start against the Eagles. He's now down at 619k. Is he a viable option down back, Jep? I think he is because of what's the role that's likely for him. Again, he's at some centre um, bounce attendances, so I think he's moving more into a midfield role as the season goes on, and I, that's helping his scores. So, yeah, I think he's a value pick. Still side bottom. He's available with no ownership here for highly ranked coaches, Jep. The 800k price tag is still quite a decent upgrade, Jep. Oh, for sure. Um so, you know, obviously Walters, owners who don't want to take the risk can sideways right pretty quickly to, to side bottom. Um, but he's a top six forward. We all know that. Um, there's no doubting what he owes the Collingwood Football Club after his behaviour. And um, it's going to be some really – the ceiling. His ceiling is what excites me. So um, there's nothing – there's no negative about side bottom. you just got to grab him. Yep, uh, Walters to side bottom is a pretty good move for those who are in that position. I think he, he, should, he should be actually pretty fresh, Jep. So for me, I don't, I don't actually mind that move right there. Okay, that's it for the players. We're going to go get on to some top-ranked coaches and their ownership numbers from round eight. Okay, looking at the defenders here, Jep. Uh, Doherty at 100%, remains strong. Lloyd at 64%. Plus 12% compared to round 7. Houston, 60%. Smith, that's Brody Smith at 40%. Cicely, 40%. That is an increase of 20% compared to round 7. So that's increasing as we go. McPherson, 28%. Again, this is on field. Day, 28%. Haynes, 24%. Crisp, 24%. Maynard, 20%. Weller, 20%. And Starsevich, 16%, which was minus 28% compared to round 7. Who grabs your attention there, Jet? Well, it's more the, the, the overall spread. So now we've got some diversity. And, and Sicily, the one for me, is just a risky option to have. But it's the alternative. You, you know, it's a cheap upgrade to get Sicily. So you're not relying on the Days and the Starkoviches and, and the McPhersons and their scores on field. So um, that's the move that's been made. Uh, much to the move I made last week, I couldn't do another Starkovich on my field again <laughs> um, for another week. So that's where I notice it. It's it's really the numbers of, of the rooks um, that aren't on field anymore. 
onto the midfielders. Mitchell at 96%, Simpson 88%, Neil 80%, McGrath 56%, Canelio 56%, Vonny 56%, still strong. McRae 40%, that is plus 16 compared to round 7. Adams 32%, Marley and Pickett 32%, which is interesting, that should change this round. Whitfield at 20%, 84% total ownership, obviously with his forward status there as well. Gaff 20%, Sarong 16%, again that's on field. Anderson 16%, Oliver 16%, which is interesting, that's the unique. Uh, Mitchell but there at 16%, Simkin 12%, and Dangerfield at 12%, who grabs your attention there, Jep? Yeah, um, I think the Oliver one, I like the Oliver pick as a, as a unique. And even Dangerfield now, for me, to bounce back. So those outside of the top 25, Dangerfield's quite gettable. On to the rucks. Gorn at 64%. He's the highest ranked ruck in that top 25 now. He's plus 24% compared to round 7. Grundy at 56%. Goldstein 36%. Pitnet all the way down at 16% now. That was minus 48% uh, from last round. So obviously people did make that move. Uh, Rolly O'Brien 8% is unique. English at 8% again a unique. Wits 4% unique. And Nat Nui at 4%. And that Grundy and Gorn combo is now at 32%, which is plus 16% compared to round seven. Your thoughts? Who grabbed you there, Jep? Yeah, the Pitnet one is obvious, um, but the Grundy-Gorn going forward, I still think that's um, the the best return, even even with well, from an overall points point of view. So um, those coaches are sitting prettiest. Forwards, Jep, here. Petrarca, 100%. Andrew Brayshaw at 76%. Bailey Smith at 64%. Total ownership there is 68% with the midfield. Whitfield at 64%. Total ownership there is 84% when you combine his midfield. Okay, we go to Isaac Rankin, 60%. Greenwood at 52%. Simpkin at 48%. Taylor at 36%. Wingard, 24%. Walters, 12%. Devin Smith, 12%. And then again, I'll remind everyone, still side bottom, 0%. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, um, again, a good spread. Pretty, pretty, there's no real surprises in that, those numbers. Um, it's just what happens in the next fortnight, really. Yeah, it's pretty tight there for me, for the forwards. That's what I'm finding going through these teams. Petrarca, pretty much everyone's got, well, everyone has. It's Brayshaw, it's quite high, it's Bailey Smith. It's Whitfield and it's Greenwood. So then you choose what other player you have in there for your number six. Uh, so it's actually a pretty tight and pretty wholly owned group of players there. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair point. And um, those that can, who have the cash, will get side bottom this week. Yeah, and that's the unique. That's a unique part. So again, that high ownership of those group group of players that I just mentioned so therefore maybe you look if you're still chasing obviously most people are still side bottom is your go okay Jep we will return next week for episode 44 on our Tuesday night again that is Tuesday night scheduled for the remainder of the season and as we go for the condensed fixture now that it will be midway through or the beginning of round 10 Jep that's it for episode 43 thanks for tuning in everyone thanks guys